What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's RSM Classic. Do not fast forward. I know a lot of you like to fast forward through the housekeeping items. It's why I've snuck them in, you know, in between the $9,000 and the $8,000 section. But this is very, very important. I only make this one announcement once a year. So do not fast forward, please. Here's the big boy. Here's what you've been waiting for. Uh, the once a year promotion to get a subscription to rickrungood.com, my data website that you see in every single video is live. It's live right now. I've done it the last two years. It has been wildly popular. And here I am to risk it all again at the RSM Classic. So here is how this works. And before I even jump into this, uh, this is the only promotion I give. I, I don't have sales. I don't have promo codes throughout the year. There are no discounts. I believe that the service is very fairly priced and there's no need for me to really play the promo code game or anything like that. So this is really the one chance. Uh, here are the rules and here is how this is going to work because you've got to bet me for it. That's right. If we're doing a discount, it's got to be fun for me. It's got to be fun for you. Let's bet on it. You need to sign up for a six-month or a yearly membership before 7 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. That is when the RSM Classic kicks off. If you are not in before then, sorry, you're out. And then depending on whatever the winning score is, you're going to get that percentage back in a refund next week. We're going to start on Monday. Might take a day or two. I don't know how long it's going to take. They all have to be done manually. So here's the deal. If the winning score is 18 under par, you get 18% of whatever you paid for your six month or your yearly membership. You get that back. Uh, if it's 20 under par, 20%. 25 under par, 25%. Six under par, 6%. I don't know. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be really windy. Last week would have been 10%, 10 under Jason Kokrak. So whatever the winning score is, that's what you're getting back. So you've got to bet me for it. Uh, and I will cross my fingers and hope for uh, not a minus 30 week. Uh, so again, you've got to purchase a six month or a yearly. This is open to new and existing members. I hate those promotions that are only for new members. I hate that. Whether it's like your cable company or whatever, it's kind of insulting to like current members. So if you are an existing member and you sign up, uh, your current membership, it just gets extended. I'm just going to put the time on the end of it. You're still going to get the, the refund. You're just going to get an extended membership. Um, so we'll figure all that out uh, next week, and it'll be a case-by-case -case basis, but everybody's just going to be extended, so don't worry about that. You have to go to rickrungood.com slash RSM promo. The link is in the description. You can click there. You'll see both packages. One is for six months. One is yearly. Sign up for those. I know if you're already an existing member, so I'll take care of it next week. Uh, but this is it, guys. This is this is the one the one bite at the apple a year. Um, I think last year we did it at Mayakoba. That was the last event of the swing season, and Victor got us for twenty percent. <laughs> so we'll see we'll see how it goes uh, this time around. That is numero uno in terms of uh, announcements here. Number two is uh, the site that you're signing up for, rickrungood.com, I'm constantly trying to improve. So a little bit of an announcement, what you'll now see on the golfer profiles and in the Holy Grail, and it will make its way throughout the rest of the website, is European tour data. That is correct. I have loaded in 10 years 
of European Tour data. So if you go to a golfer's profile page, let's stick with the Victor Hovland example, you will see his win on the European Tour uh, amongst his other results on the PGA Tour or wherever else he might be playing. Those are the only two places he's playing. There's also Corn Ferry Tour information and Champions Tour information. But the 10 years of European Tour data is now loaded into the site. Have fun with that. That helps to complete the picture. If you're like, wow, rickrungood.com, that sounds great. I, I see Rick use it every single week. Looks awesome. One, thank you. Two, uh, you can win a subscription. Let's just, we're just going to give it all away here. Just giving the whole thing away. So uh, there are two ways to enter to win a subscription to rickrungood.com. Last week's winners, Michael Neary and Paige Jacobson. I've reached out to both of you. We'll get you set up with those accounts. Here's how you can enter. And hey, maybe you're already a member. Maybe you're then taking advantage of the yearly and you win this. I'll just keep extending your membership, right? Like, what do I care? I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it away. I can do anything I want. It's called rickrungood.com. It's awesome. So here's how you enter to win. If you're on YouTube, make sure you've liked this video. You are subscribed and you comment below who you think is going to win the RSM classic. The other way, the easier way to win, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, leave me your Twitter handle. That's the podcast version. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. It's linked in the description. You can find it. It's, it'll take you two seconds to enter both of these, give you a chance to win. I'll announce it again next week. Um, additionally, if you think I'm done with winners, I'm not. Because Jason Kokrak goes out and wins Houston and... Uh, I mean, I, I, listen, I don't like to toot my own horn. We're, we're just, we're scorching hot right now. The community is scorching hot right now. The swing season with uh, sizable uh, wins on Burns and Hideki and Hovland and, and Kokrak. It's, it's incredible. It, these, these runs don't happen often, and we will get into a time where we are as cold as ice. But right now, things are good, and we have to celebrate those times. So normally, I would just pick out two names to shout out and say, hey, congrats on your big win. There were so many of them. I, I, I tried to pick like five or six. I don't know. Here we go. Scott Young, his best finish ever in the jukebox, 14th. Congratulations, Scott. Brand, Brendan Kelly, $10 into five fifty, dollars and outright on Jason Kokrak. Mark R said he paid for his Rick Run Good subscription with a Kokrak win, a Henley top 10, a Scheffler top five, and a Burns top 10. Congratulations. Dave turned his $1 into $61. Christian won the birdie. Yeah, he's a day one guy, has been a, a subscriber for a while, uh, turned his $3 into 2500 with the Rick Rungood avatar on DraftKings. Congratulations, Christian. Sully nearly wins everything in the drive the green, finished second, 15th, 24th, 27th, 29th, over $10,000 there. Uh, Luis, $10 into five ten uh, on an outright. There were so many more. Those are just the ones that I picked out to try to show small stakes, low stakes, single bullets, whatever. Congratulations to everybody. Jason Kokrak makes it another community win. It's been great. Uh, and then finally, finally here, thanks for bearing with me. Finally, the live chats for this week. The Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern live chat, all things RSM Classic. That's always going to happen. The 8.15 p.m. Wednesday, Jock Market Power Hour, RSM Classic, all things Stock Market DFS. Um, that's always going to happen. Cut Sweat is back on this week. Sorry about the last minute notice last week. Cut Sweat is back on this week. Shooting for 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Might be a little bit weird because we're playing two courses. More on that in a second. But I'm going to shoot for 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, on Friday. All of those are on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for all your support. Um, 
just because the season is ending does not mean there's not going to be contests. We have the Hero World Challenge. We have European Tour. We have Bryson and Brooks. We've got evergreen content coming. There's there's going to be so much I'm excited about. Updates to the website. Um, I thank you all for your support. Let's jump into this week's RSM Classic. The course, or courses, I should say. Yeah, here we go. A multiple course event. Start to get used to these. We're going to see a handful of them early in 2022. We're going to have Pebble Beach. We're going to have Torrey Pines. We're going to have uh, the American Express. These multi-course events. So get a little bit used to this. We have the Seaside course. That's the host course. That's the course that we have the strokes gained data from. And then there's the plantation course, which is the easier side. So the way that this will work, you will play... um, one round on Thursday or Friday at each course. So if you play the seaside on Thursday, you are playing the plantation on Friday and vice versa. Then there will be a cut after everybody plays one round at each. And then the host course, the seaside course will, will be uh, the course that they use for the final two rounds. So if you play all four, three rounds are happening at the seaside course. That's the one we're going to primarily look at here. It's because we have the data for it, all that good stuff. So uh, both of them, are Bermuda grass. Uh, both of them are relatively short. The plantation course is a par 72, 7,000 yards. They're going to probably destroy that side of it. Um, the greens are going to run a little bit slower over there. They're going to run a little bit faster at the seaside course. That's a par 77,000 yards. So um, a little bit different scoring should be better at the plantation course. So if you are playing showdown, uh, if you're considering first round leaders, Oftentimes, books are not going to differentiate between which course, uh, and some of them might not be smart enough to figure it out. So make sure your first round leader bets are on the plantation side. Make sure your showdown lineups are probably also on the plantation side, right? That's just going to be the easier course. So uh, when we're looking at the course correlation here, we are in that time of year, right? We are in that time of year where the uh, accuracy tends to reign supreme. You think about guys who have won or had success at this event, you know, Webb Simpson, uh, Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar, right? Like, like accurate drivers. You don't have to be overly long. Um, there's a, there's an emphasis on playing out of the short grass and then trying to find a hot putter. So what we see here is there's really only, uh, one, correlated stat to success over the years that really stands out. There's, you know, putting is above average around the green is above average, uh, but it's driving accuracy fifth out of 110 courses that they've used in the last uh, dozen years, which means there's only four other courses in which driving accuracy has been uh, more highly correlated to success. So again, this is that run of golf. You know, we're going to get to next year and you're going to start to see driving distance and you're going to start to see approach play being more important and approach play is going to be important this week, but you're going to start to see that bear out in the correlation model. Um, so which types of golfers? Well, everybody's in play again. I'll get this question a thousand times during the live chat. Just because you're long off the tee doesn't mean you're, you can't win. That's always going to be an advantage. Maybe you're hitting three. We saw this with, um, Matthew Wolf uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? He was able to kind of club down a little bit at Mayakoba and and find success that way. So it's it's uh, an interesting dynamic. But when you start to look at the winners and the types of guys who have had success here, you can see that there is a path for basically everybody. Let's go over to the cheat sheet and look at the ten thousand dollar range. Small range, five guys. Scotty Scheffler is ten nine. Webb Simpson is ten seven. Louis is ten four, and then Cam Smith and Harris English are ten three and ten one. It's kind of interesting. Scotty Scheffler, a well-deserved $10,900 price tag. He's been excellent, nearly won in Mayakoba, probably should have won in Houston, has played here once, um, finished 
uh, fifth in 2020. This is probably well deserved, but let's look at um, let's look at Scotty Scheffler when he gets into these situations where he's very expensive. So Scotty's only ever been over $10,000 five other times. Uh, one of them was last week, and of course he finished second there. One of them was the Zurich Classic. We can throw that one out. It's the It was the team event, although he did play well uh, with his partner. But uh, essentially, in the... I'm going to throw out the Zurich Classic. The four other times that he has been over $10,000, he has gained strokes on the field, some of them pretty significantly. When he was 10200 at Bermuda, he finished third. When he was 10900 last week, he finished second. Valero, he finished 54th in Sanderson. He finished 37th, but he still gained DraftKings points on the field that week. So it's really hard to be like, wow, maybe you should, um, maybe you should fade Scotty Scheffler this week. In fact, of the one, two, three, four, five, nine times, the nine most expensive instances of Scotty Scheffler, he has gained strokes on the, or gained points on the field every single time. So I don't think that you should really shy away from the price tag on Scotty Scheffler. There could be an argument made that he, he could be 11,000. He could be 11,100. He's been playing that well. The rest of this 10K range, I think, is uh, so fascinating. I was really hoping for a $9,700 Webb Simpson. And maybe that was wishful thinking. He's $10,700. He's the second most expensive golfer. I was ready to kind of be really all in on Webb. Um, had a really weird year. It was virus plus neck injury. Didn't play well. Didn't get a chance to tee it up at some of the better spots for him. It, it was just a weird year. I'm ready to write this off. You know, I say this all the time from, from fairway through green, Webb is one of the best players on the planet. Um, when you get uh, one of the five or six courses a year that really sets up for him, you have to be excited about it. Now, if you look at his results around around Sea Island here, uh, this withdrawal in 2017, uh, you can basically write this off. So he gained four strokes on the field. He actually withdrew after two rounds um, to be with his ailing father. And he was in like a T12 position after two rounds. So golf-wise, he has been excellent in his, what is that, eight trips to Sea Island. Never won, but he's got two runner-up finishes, uh, a seventh, a third, a twelfth. I mean, no worse than a 36th. So this is a great spot for him. I was just really hoping that he'd be $1,000 or $800 cheaper. And, and I'm going to see how this ownership plays out uh, if people go to or people go to Louis, if people go to Harris English or Cam Smith. Um, the bottom two are really interesting. You know, we haven't seen Harris English since his, his he withdrew at the, at the CJ Cup, uh, missed the cut at the Shriners the week before that. He, I'm dying to see his ownership. But Cam Smith, 10300 uh, Would you be surprised to learn that Cam Smith finished 15th last week? Because I kind of was as I was watching him fly up the leaderboard on the weekend. And it's Cam Smith, not Scotty Scheffler, that when you go to the Holy Grail and you put everybody on their last 16 rounds, it's Cam Smith who's been the best one. Um, and that, to me, kind of left me scratching my head because I hadn't thought he had played that well, but it's true. He has. Here are the results for Smith, who has three top 15 finishes in a row. You go back to the end of last season, played well at the Olympics. I just think that um, the combination of him kind of quietly moving up the leaderboard, 
nobody really super excited to play him. Maybe more excited to play Scotty and Webb. I'm I'm very interested to see what the community does here with Cam Smith because he might be the guy in the in the 10K range. Now there is a guy in the 9K range. There's a guy here. Um, I've already bet him. It's Corey Connors, ninety nine hundred dollars. This to me feels mispriced. Um, I will probably roll with you know Corey Connors uh, in a in a in a in a fairly significant significant way this week. So we have not seen. Corey since uh it's been over a month it's been it's been the Shriners that's the last time we saw him that was over a month ago finished t40 was horrendous on approach spoiler alert he is not going to be horrendous on approach again that's just such an such an outlier for him to do that um has gained strokes off the tee in every single measured event dating back to the API that was in March that was like 17 events ago Uh, piles up top 20s piles up uh, these these great finishes. Nobody ever wants to play the guy. It's fascinating stuff. Then you look at what he's done at the RSM Classic. Well, what do you know? 37th, 23rd, and 10th in his last three trips. He's a very bad putter on all surfaces. However, he is not as bad on Bermuda, uh, which is what we're going to get this week. So that, to me, is a pretty bad misprice. And I think he continues to stay pretty low-owned because we've got Neiman in this range. We have Russell Henley in this range. We have Taylor Gooch in this range. We have Kevin Kisner in this range. Like, the 9K range is a grab bag. Whatever you want to get out of it, you can get. Probably ready to roll right back out on um, on Henley, right? He was someone that I was very high on last week, finished seventh, uh, had a couple of moments on Sunday that he kind of played himself out of it in two holes. But listen, uh, he's, he's great, great approach players, had decent success here. Taylor Gooch is interesting because Taylor Gooch, hottest player on the planet this season, finished 60th last week, but... I don't know how concerned I should be about that. Probably not concerned at all. Here's the live leaderboard from last week. This is actually a free tool, so you can go look at this. Let me pull up Gooch here. He was out like a bandit in round one, right? He was tied for the 18-hole lead, um, was was putting well. He was he was just he was he was Gooch. That's what he was. He was he was ball striking it and he was rolling a good putter. Uh, the final three rounds were horrendous. Uh, lost strokes across the board. I don't even care that he lost five strokes putting. He's not a very good putter, but a little bit concerned about the ball striking. I'm willing to write this off a little bit because one, this was a weird week where we had guys that were finishing their first round on Friday, finishing their second round on Saturday. It almost doomed Jason Kokrak when he had that, you know, eight hole stretch that he played at eight over. It, it, it was just kind of a weird week and I'm willing to write off kind of a lot of this, you know, the, the opening round was very exciting. So now, so now that he's played, let's see, 20 rounds, let's, let's actually do it this way. Let's go over to the Holy Grail. Let's go by rounds. We'll pull up Gucci's by round stuff here. He has played 20 rounds this season. Uh, he has gained strokes on the field in two, three, four, five, in 13 of 20, pretty great clip. And three of them were last week, uh, which I'm willing to I'm willing to write off. So uh, no problem, no problem there. So I'm willing to roll back out on Gooch. I wonder what people are going to do with them. Um, and then the other one is uh, Kevin Kisner. I, I'm already like I just know everybody's going to go to Kiss. Everybody's going to go to Kiss. He is dominant here, right? Uh, lost in a playoff to Robert Shreb last year. Has a win. He has the tournament record here. I hope he doesn't do that for the promo. I hope he doesn't go to like 28 under or something like that. Um, <laughs> that'll be a lot of refunds I'll have to make seventh and 19 fourth and 18 
let's let's deep dive this Kevin Kisner situation here. Since Kisner's victory at Wyndham, he's been objectively pretty pretty bad. Two missed cuts, a 66th, a 54th. The 54th was at a no-cut event. The 66th was at a no-cut event, right? So uh, probably would have missed the cut in, in those weeks, not striking it well at all. Let's look at what he's done before the RSM Classic in the past. Well, here was his runner-up finish. Um, he had played pretty well on approach leading into that. He had gained in basically six of eight leading into that. The putter was really good, so no problems there. Um, missed the cut two years ago, was playing okay leading into it, but he has a lot of events that weren't measured leading into it. Um, the T7 in 18, well, I'll tell you what, this would be a pretty good evidence for Kisner this week because the T7 in 18 he was horrendous before it. I mean, he had lost strokes on approach in, oh my God, uh, like nine of 10. The putter was still there, which is a good sign. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I was not expecting this, but even before his 2017 T4, he wasn't playing all that well. So see, we have seen, okay, all right, well, here we go. I, I bend the knee to the data, right? We have seen Kisner play pretty bad leading into Sea Island and play well in the past. We have seen that. There is evidence of that. That is what you would be asking him to do again this week. Is there some type of parallel to uh, Jason Kokrak last week, which the, the, the premise of Jason Kokrak last week was he hasn't been playing well, but this should be the perfect fit for him. That was literally the words I said. Couldn't we say that about Kisner? He's not, he's playing bad, but this should be a perfect spot for him. Maybe, maybe we get one of those situations again. I might, I might be warming on Kisner here in the moment. The 8K range has got a couple of interesting options here. Um, one is Mackenzie Hughes. He is $8,600. We are seeing uh, some better, more consistent play out of, oh my gosh, I have so many names in here. Now in the database, I can't just type the first three letters anymore. We have seen some really inspiring results from uh, from Mackenzie Hughes recently. He hasn't missed a cut since the Memorial. That was in June. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 events in a row in which he's made the cut. A um, couple of top 25s here recently. Played well in Houston last week. Has won this event before. So he is someone that I'd be pretty interested in in, in working with. Um, there is also... Um, uh, Joel Damon played well on Sunday to finish fifth in Houston. I think that's okay. It pains me. Every every fiber of, of my being uh, pains me to, to not be all that interested in Seamus Power this week, who I'm just an absolute uh, believer in. But there's a couple of things that I think are concerning. Lost a stroke on approach last week, which is kind of against his DNA. You would expect that to improve, but... If there's a sticky stat, it's strokes gained approach. Uh, the other problem is this is going to be his fifth trip to Sea Island. The other four have been pretty terrible. Uh, three missed cuts and a 74th. So maybe this is just a place that doesn't suit him well. Coming off of kind of an ugly missed cut. I'm, I'm happy to jump on Seamus um, at any point here in the very short near future. But I think we have to take a pass this week. And it it hurts me to say that. <laughs> 
7K range. Massive little, massive little range here. Massive and little probably don't go together. But um, Adam Long, are, are we in the midst of an Adam Long run here, right? This has worked out three weeks in a row. We've gotten it right three weeks in a row. I don't know how long you can ride Adam Long. Uh, however, again, this is the time of year where accuracy is important. This is the time of year where Adam Long should thrive. Accurate, not very long off the tee, despite the last name. He now continue. This is this is like thirty events in a row. He has either finished inside the top thirty or missed the cut. So at least you know you're getting a boomer bus guy. Eleventh last week. So now eleventh, twenty second, and twenty fifth in his last three. You look for evidence at Sea Island. Well, thirtieth and thirty fifth the last two years made the cut in those two. Is it one more week? Are we getting greedy now on Adam Long? We're gonna find out. Um, couple of really strong options here. One. I think you have to sprint to bet Luke List and probably um, probably roster him as well. So he is not a safe option. No one has ever said Luke List is safe. His putter is horrendous. Missed a couple on Sunday uh, at at in Houston that were uh, atrocious. But look at these results. 11th missed cut. 7th missed cut. 17th. Those are his last five. That's okay. Uh, when you go over to the... Um, the trends tool. So this is a really cool breakout candidates chart where it says if every golfer gets back to their own putting baseline and they continue to hit it well, what can you expect? Well, Luke List and Louis Ustazen are kind of like the top two here. He's Luke List continues to strike it well, and even though he's a poor putter, he's still still really putting below his baseline, uh, which is hard to believe. That that's how bad the putter has been for Luke List, but he's still putting below his baseline. What did he actually lose last week? He was, um, let me sort this by strokes gain. So he lost 5.7 strokes over four rounds last week. He was the only guy in the top, well, him and Aaron Rye, who we'll talk about, um, basically in the top 20 to lose strokes putting. That's how good the ball striking is, and this is still below his baseline. So I think there is a real merit See, I saw the word, I saw Troy Merritt and Merritt came into my, there's a real merit for rostering Luke List. So I think we've got Adam Long as a, as a decent option. Luke List as a de- decent option. Both very, very volatile. volatile. Aaron Rye, 7,400. You just saw him in the breakout candidates. Uh, or I'm sorry, you just saw him on the live leaderboard because how great his ball striking was last week, right? So what did he do last week? Uh, let's see. He was excellent off the tee, 2.4. He was excellent on approach, fourth in the field, lost two strokes putting, lost a stroke around the green. Aaron Rye, pretty good option here. Also, um, I, I think maybe a, a hair safer than Luke List and Adam Long, but just by a hair. Patrick Rogers, again, I'm not giving you any safe options here. <laughs> I'm not sure there are any. Patrick Rogers continues to kind of alternate these really good versus really bad finishes. Um, and we know that when Patrick Rogers is going right, it's approach play and it is putting, uh, last four starts, the four starts this season, sixth cut, fourth cut volatile. You look at what he's done at the RSM classic. You're going to get a similar style result, uh, or a similar style, uh, you know, table. You're going to get three missed cuts, a runner up, a 10th place finish and a 44th, just kind of very, very volatile. So if that's what you're looking for, there are plenty of boom or bust options in the 7K range. Is there anybody safe here? Is Danny Lee safe? Danny Lee, a seventh and a second at Bermuda and Mayakoba. Um, and not only that, he showed up in the optimal lineup 
in both of those weeks. Now, he is much more expensive this week, so it'll be less likely that he shows up in the optimal unless he actually wins this golf tournament. So not necessarily prepared to declare Danny Lee as super safe or anything like that, but just kind of like generally interesting. Maybe Alex Smalley is the safest guy in this range. Um, he's 7,100. Corn Ferry Tour grad, right? So so here are the five... He's played five times already. Is that every single event? No, because he couldn't play Zozo or CJ Cup. But I think he's played every event that he's been eligible for. So five starts. Missed the cut at the Fortinet. His very first start as, I believe, a full-time PGA Tour member. I can write that off, no problem. Since then... 31st, 47th, 12th, and 15th. The other thing that I think appears to be safe about him is in the 11 measured tournaments that that I have in the database on him, that's all he's ever played on the PGA Tour, 11 measured tournaments, he is basically a positive player in each of the strokes gain categories. He's he's above average in uh, off the tee, slightly above average on approach, uh, slightly above average on uh, around the green, and he's a minus 0.01 on the putting surface. So we'll just call that neutral. So when you don't have one real strength or one real flaw, it makes you kind of consistent. It makes you kind of pile up some of these, you know, top 30 finishes, which is what he seems to be doing at the moment. So I, I don't, I don't really mind this. I don't know how safe you want to go here at 7100, but um, Smalley seems to be playing really, really well. Oh, okay. Uh, and then finally at, at a flat seven, actually there's two guys at, at flat seven, Lucas Glover, he shows up also on that trends tool as like a bounce back candidate, someone who's striking it well, just needs to, uh, put to his own baseline, which is again, not very good. Um, but that's okay. And then Denny McCarthy, how about this guy? Are we, are we, are we really getting signs of life from Denny now? Right. Was I had a lot of Denny exposure last week, and he played hero ball on Sunday to shoot, I believe it was the round of the day, to finish 11th in Houston. So now he's got four top 40s out of his last five, with three of them being top 17s. Has played well here in the past. Eighth place finished two years ago. We know he's great on Bermuda and every surface. We know maybe, you know, maybe last week was a little silly asking him to try to pull it off on a really long course. Now this is a, a, a lot shorter course where just being in the fairway is important. Um, I want to look at his, I do want to look at his, um, Denny's final round last week and see something. I'm sure he just, yeah, okay. So gained three around the green, nearly another three on the putting surface, but that's kind of his DNA, right? What did he do for the week? Zero off the tee and zero on approach. That's kind of good for Denny. That's kind of his path, isn't it? So I think we got to go. I think we got to run him out one more time. I think we got to run him out one more time. Before I get down to the 6K, there's already a couple guys that I think are um, like like good spot guys, right? If this was a football game, we'd call it like a spot game. What I also want to do before I forget is I want to go to the Holy Grail and I want to add in... Um, Par 70s that are under like 7,050 yards or so. Like I want like kind of like shorter par 70s. This should get me what I'm looking for, I believe. Let me just confirm. Yeah, okay. All right, yes. So this is getting you, you, you your like Y lies, your like um, your RSM classics, your, your traveler, stuff like that. So... Let's sort by strokes gain total. Webb, just dominant on these. 
like not just the best player in the field by far. Charles Howell the third is next. He's seventy eight hundred. So we've already passed his range. Seventy eight hundred has won this event. I mean, this is really him dominating Sony and dominating at RSM. Zozo was pretty good too. Interesting. Um, but I want to start to see where we get to the 6K guys. Jimmy Walker is in here. But a lot of these results were the two wins at Wiley. He has not been that good recently. Brendan Steele, that's probably going to come from again. Well, that's coming from a lot of success all over the place. Travelers, uh, not much at the RSM. But Wiley as well. I'm trying to see if there's anybody, like Harmon, that makes sense, right? I'm just trying to see what's in here. Yeah, Brian Harmon makes a lot of sense. Brian Harmon's had a lot of, Brian Harmon's had a lot of short course success at a lot of different courses. Some of these guys have a lot of success just at one spot, but you look at Travelers, he's got a fifth and eighth and a sixth and a 35th in his last four. You look at Sony, 56th, 32nd, miscut, fourth. You look at RSM, miscut, 14th, 32nd, fourth. I, I mean, this is pretty darn good. But again, I'm not finding many guys in that 6K range. Zach Johnson is one of the first guys in the 6K range. Finished sixth here last year. So Zach Johnson hasn't missed a cut on a short par 70 since the 2019 Sony Open. That's like seven events in a row by my count. That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay, I just want to see if anything stood out a little bit. A little bit on maybe Zach Johnson. Andrew Landry um, has finished fourth here in, in two of the last four years. Finished seventh at Mayakoba. Finished fourth at Sanderson Farms. Again, not a safe option, but kind of a, a little bit of a specialist here on these types of courses. This could absolutely be a Neesmith week. You know, we've been waiting for Neesmith to kind of break out. One of the better approach players on the PGA Tour has played here twice, 15th and 14th. Has been okay. He's been fine is this the week that he puts it all together? Like that's kind of what we, what we've been, what we've been waiting on and looking for Uh, just kind of peeling through the six K's to see if there's anybody else. I I guess maybe you get one last crack to roll out JJ spawn. Who's played really well, five cuts in a row, a couple of top thirties, a seventh in Bermuda has finished runner up here in the past. Um, This might be your last crack at JJ spawn before we get to, I guess maybe pebble if he played at pebble, but um, you know, we're going to start to, we're going to start to get into some bigger, stronger golf courses that are going to really start to filter out some of these guys. But this is, this is swing season, baby. And, um, he might, he might be one more go around. Is there anybody in the $6,000 range that I can make fun of and, uh, turn him into a top five, like Martin trainer last week? Oh boy. That would have been really scary if he won that golf tournament, but good for him. Um, I, I, I saw an interview with him and, and listen, it, it, golf is hard. It's hard to keep your tour card. Um, good for Martin trainer, but is there anybody else down here that I would be particularly interested in? The answer might be no to that question. Um, I think it's no. Let's run a model. This is the custom model on rickrungood.com. We can put in any set of variables for any time period that we want Let's go really, I want like really recent extremes here, right? That's the point of this custom model, isn't it? So let's go 16 rounds, which for the most part for all these guys is going to be just this season, which I think is really good. Um, Let's heavily weigh accuracy, 30% and 10 on distance. Let's go approach for 20. Let's go putting for 15. 
Let's go birdie or better, because I think you're going to have to make a lot of them for 20. How much does that leave me with? Well, I've got five left. So let's do 25 on birdie or better. Last 16 equals 100. Sort this and see my power. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes. I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled that Corey Connors is number one. I'm so thrilled. Now I just have every excuse to just lose all my money on Corey Connors this week. Corey Connors, the number one golfer in my model. Cam Smith, the number two, which again shows me his last 16 have been so good. Um, so, so good. Joel Damon is third. Kind of love to see that. Henley is four. Usti is five. Hudson Swafford is six. Adam Hadwin is seven. That's interesting. Glover is eight. Adam Scott is nine. Hayden Buckley is 10. Where does like Scotty Scheffler show up? 14th. Webb Simpson 17th. That's because he hasn't been all that good recently. Harris English is 20th. I'm just pointing out notables at this point. Um, Neiman is 60th. Wow. That's a little bit surprising. Okay. Then you get into the 6K. I'm just trying to see if there's anything that really stands out. Okay, cool. Interesting. All right. Well, that leaves me with a little bit of homework to do on Hudson Swafford and Adam Hadwin, probably, um, and kind of figure out where I feel on Adam Scott, but definitely how much money can I lose on Corey Connors feels like the question to be answered this week. Again, uh, Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. That's the deadline to get into the RSM promotion. It is the only promotion of the year, and you've got to bet me for it. So you're out there praying for no wins, wet, uh, lift clean and place um, 29 under par. That's what you're rooting for. I'm rooting for uh, wind off the ocean, uh, wet and nasty, chilly conditions, uh, and the plantation course playing harder than expected, and it gets to like 12 under. I don't think that's going to happen. The average winning score has been like 19 or 20. That's I'm, I'm mentally preparing for nine. Like if it goes, um, like I'm mentally prepared for 20. I think if it goes to 21 or worse, you guys have won. If it goes to 19 or, or, or I guess better, maybe that would be worse. Uh, 19 or lower. I think I've won, uh, but I'm mentally preparing myself for 20%. So, uh, get yourself involved. It's the only promotion I'll run all year. I promise. Otherwise tweet me at Rick run good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck. And I'll talk to you guys soon.